Yo, this is Julian Elijah Martinez. And this is Colin J. Harden. And you're listening to the Episode 1 Show. Welcome to the Episode 1 Show. Yes, sir. I'm super excited because we have chosen to go back to our roots <laughs> as a nerdy sci-fi show and and, and honestly listen we we want to put you guys on to shows too elijah put me on to this and mm-hmm. o- over the christmas break and i watched every single episode of it from start to finish of course i mean granted the, they are very short episodes but i was like enthralled with this show because yep. of i mean as you can see you can see the imagery behind elijah right now i mean the color scheme the the detail it's it's just beautiful and i just i mean there's there's more we can talk about and we will but the show is called scavengers reign that's the one we are going to cover today yes 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 we are back to being two nerdy niggas in a pod and we are about to descend onto a alien planet yes and we're about to see if we're going to survive or not with this alien planet mm-hmm. this show i mean like this show hands down was one of my favorite shows of last year of 2023 for those who are listening um but before we get into that we have some so we are recording this after the emmys however you're going to be listening to this a couple weeks after the yeah, emmys maybe almost a month just, after the emmys <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but it's all good. so but we want we before we get into scavengers run we just want to talk a little bit about our reactions to the emmys and let's just say, uh, Colin, I think you were right. Oh, 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 you mean, um, oh, on oh, my top five? Yeah, oh, my- like pretty much all your top five was like in yeah. solidarity with the Television Academy. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, you listen to a lot of TV podcasts and you know that everybody talks about how succession always sweeps and they do mm-hmm. kind of know they're going to do it. If, it if i wasn't trying to do any predictions i was just kind of focusing on the things that i liked, the shows that i thought were really really good and of mm-hmm. course when i look at the list though as i look down at the list there's not too many of the shows that i have not seen mm-hmm. honestly and some of them uh, I, I was actually curious when i was looking at these which ones have you seen and which ones haven't you seen elijah uh-huh do you, do you, I've actually I've seen pretty much almost everything on that list, with the exception of like the limited series. I couldn't do the Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, didn't get I was into just that. like, yeah, I read that pilot and I was just like, yeah, this this ain't for me. Um, but like pretty much all of the major like drama and comedy awards, like all the major like even and beef, I loved beef. Yeah, so I was like pretty solid with that. Did you watch Fleischman is in trouble? No, I didn't. Did that you? one's really good. Yeah, I did watch that. Oh, should it be on my list? Yeah, it's, it should be on your list. It's good. <laughs> it's it's an it's a it's a limited series. I'm looking at nice. the list right now. I did I did watch that one. I did not watch. I don't even know what George and Tammy. Is. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, a movie. Yeah. I, I did. I missed that one. Uh, I did watch D- Daisy Jones and the Six. Did you watch uh-huh. that? That one's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's fire. That one was great. That one's fire. Uh, what? Well, I got a- Go ahead. Go ahead. I got a question for you. Yeah, what you so got? The, the, there's been some conversation lately. Uh, I think there was an article in the New York Times. Basically, this Emmys is sort of ringing the bell of the end of peak TV. Hot take. 
How do you feel about that? Is that true? Are we at the end of peak TV or are we, is this just another example of us, of the, of the wheel moving forward of the, of the machine continue to grind onward? This is an example of the, the machine continue to grind forward. The, the whole idea and concept of peak TV is just kind of subjective. And just to, to me, I mean, honestly, I think it's just a strange term. I, I don't even know what it is. I think I think when we start entering the the idea of making TV more cinematic, then we started mm-hmm. pushing the, you know, creatives and, and directors and writers started pushing the envelope on what they could put on TV. And I think that's still mm-hmm. happening. Uh, we're. We're a little bit primed, unfortunately. Like it's funny because doing this podcast, you see, when we, especially when we go back, like we go back and watch Suits, for example, right from t- twenty ten, right. and we can't help but 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 focus on the fact that you know today that movie, I mean that show couldn't really exist. Be well, at least one of the parts of the premise couldn't exist because weed is legal. I mean, I know that's like a small <laughs> example of like the way. The society has changed since then uh-huh. and the way we look at certain things. That's not necessarily to speak of uh, the way that TV is being made, but it's more just talking about how like that was a that was a hot button issue in 2010 and it's not anymore. Right. And so right. like the way that we're writing about certain things and the way that we kind of regard certain issues, social issues, all these different elements that that these TV shows are are, are kind of like telling us they're mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna keep on pushing the envelope it's kind of it, it, if that's peak tv I, I mean i don't know i guess i'm a little confused about what what the the zeitgeist de- the definition of peak tv is but I, I just feel like it's gonna keep on getting good i mean i, I right. at least that's how i see it i mean i just imagine tv is gonna keep right. on getting good and, and better and get, get more creative right well i think there's a difference between peak tv and prestige tv sure um, i don't like I don't agree with uh, the the creator of of The Sopranos, which basically saying that TV is gonna is getting worse because I think like you really have to, I mean you really have to have your eyes closed to see like to miss all of like the great storytelling that's actually happening mm-hmm. and the plethora of great storytelling and the diversity of voices and how I mean just like the difference between. Uh, the the difference between the curse versus beef versus succession versus right. better call Saul. I mean, like all of these shows are very different and have different tones. Mm-hmm. What I do think is happening is I do think we're seeing more of a return to the TV as a monoculture. At least that's an attempt that's kind of happening. Um, so the idea that like everybody watches Succession, everybody watches uh, The Last of Us. You know what I mean? Like we're all kind of returning to this idea of like one TV show that's kind of capturing our imagination. Everybody watched The Bear, you know. And so where in the past and before we could have a myriad of different TVs, and it's almost like too much. You know what I mean? And now it's like we're all kind of consolidating on one or two or three shows the way it was, you know, pre-2009. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I can so see that. So that's what I think is kind of happening with the idea that peak TV as a is is starting to, starting to wane. Sure, sure. I mean, you know. It's just, I, I, it's just a strange, it's just a strange concept to me. That whole idea of PT, I still can't 100% get with it. But I mean, I, I, I just get excited. I mean, I'm waiting for um, 
that's why I got excited about Scavengers Rain when you when you shared it with me. One, it's mm-hmm. like it was kind of felt it felt like honestly to go back to 2010 kind of felt like when back when you were looking for music in 2010 mm. and you were like combing through the internet and like seeing like right. music tags on YouTube and you're like what what the hell is that what's what's that right. song and then you scroll down the comments and then somebody tells you and then you go find it and then you go to download it and that's like your favorite song right, that's how right. I felt like for Scavengers Rain it was like combing we had to comb through max to find that one for me because i'm i don't listen i don't watch a a bunch of animation and i was like oh shit like i felt like i'm watching something that not a lot of people are watching right now that was like really cool and interesting that i can share with my friends so that's why i mean as long as they keep on doing things like this along with these like super super popular shows like last last Mm -hmm. of us and you know the crown and honestly when i look down the list of the the shows that won here um i'm i'm looking at succession and or better call saw the crown house of dragon Mm -hmm. last of us white lotus and yellow jackets right we have how many sci-fi we have one two two sci-fi one fantasy uh Mm -hmm. we've got a murder mystery drama we've got you know a melodrama we've got you know we've got all kinds of stuff going on here um, right. So we've got a, a lot of interesting diversity going on, but you can also find stuff that just, you know, doesn't really, I guess, capture the attention of the Academy as much, but right. uh, still right. is really, really awesome like this show. Right, 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 right. Well, it also feels like, you know, uh, with Scavengers Reign in particular, it's, uh, it's, in, it's, it feels like for me discovering it too, it felt like very kind of against the algorithm so to speak it was almost as if like because i wasn't getting recommended the show at all it, it all came like the f- reason i found out about the show was because of the podcast i was listening to mm-hmm. because of like the back alley reddits that i was reading like that's how i discovered the show rather than like with terms of like the bear and succession like it it seems like they the entire hollywood kind of apparatus was like pushing those kind of narratives forward as the narratives that i should be kind of watching you know what i'm saying even andor to a little bit it feels that way it feels kind of like punk it feels kind of like you know what i mean like yeah off sure. the beaten path yeah you know? a lot of people it's like Andor is still one of those shows that you can tell somebody about and they didn't know it existed and yeah, they yeah, can yeah. still exactly. like enjoy it like I try to put my uncle onto it and he was like <laughs> and he's a, he's a sci-fi guy too oh <laughs> he's actually the, the father of the, the guy who did our music <laughs> <laughs> shout out that's to my boy uncle. <laughs> uncle Mark anyway uh, he was like it's slow but but it's good though it's good it's good <laughs> You know, it's one of those shows. But anyway, that's the kind of stuff I like. This this is uh one of those two. Scavengers, if we could just jump right in. Yeah, Scavengers Reign came out twenty twenty three. Okay, first episode is titled "The Signal." All right, uh, writer Sean. I can't now. I can't write now. I can't read my own um my own handwriting. But <laughs> now, yeah, definitely can't read my own, own handwriting. What Joseph Bennett? Sorry, Joseph Bennett and Charles. Hutner, Hutner. I don't know if I want. I'm okay, reading yeah. that right, uh, but That's anyway. And and you sent me. You put this on. Put me on to the uh, to the fact that they had a a short that they had done before. It was on Adult mm-hmm. Swim. I kind of did a little deep dive since you sent me that. Uh, that was from 2016. And then they were trying to find a home for the TV show, and then it finally landed at Max, where we discovered it, where you discovered it, and then pa- pass yep. it on to me. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And I read and I and I watched the short, even though I didn't watch the short came out in, in 2016. Um, I didn't watch it in 2016, but I did watch it recently. And you can definitely see if you get a chance. This short is on YouTube. It's just called Scavengers. Watch that as well, along with the pilot, because you can see like how the storytelling has evolved and developed and how you can take the idea of a short and then uh, expand it out into a full-fledged uh season of television and i mean like like they literally like the short only has two characters no speaking they're going from point a to point b to point c to point d um and in that it still manages they can still kind of like unlock a whole plethora of stories and threads and thing and an entire world can kind of be developed through this like seven minute short yeah yeah my my suspicion is that joseph bennett and charles hutner were our artists you know they're 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 they create art they are animators and they're writers they wrote these awesome characters and these awesome um uh, creature designs and in, in, in this world but mm-hmm. they weren't tv writers right so mm-hmm. like when you look at the writers list it's two more writers on top of the the creators and mm-hmm. uh sean i think buck lou and james merrill again sorry if i i'm reading my my own handwriting is <laughs> tough uh somebody can correct me but i i suspect those two guys are are um tv writers and they are the mm-hmm. ones that kind of helped expand this and like turn this into a TV show because you're right. The short is like a Rube. Remember Rube Goldberg uh, machines? <laughs> you remember those? It's like you <laughs> no, drop a you drop like a you drop like a marble and the marble hits a pencil and the pencil hits a. Th- oh yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And then it just goes. It was like the short is a Rube. It's like a sci-fi Rube Goldberg. That you just don't right. know what the end is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And it, it, right. that was kind of the awesome thing about it because you're like building your and, and the show kind of kind of behaved similarly too, but it was that that short particularly was just like we're going. It's like a Rube Goldberg that nobody could have ever created. It's, it's just like <laughs> they're going to these different areas that's opening up this one awesome thing that does this cool uh-huh. thing, and then the next thing, and and then finally you find out why they're doing it. Which, which, you know, has like that the thing that a short should do, which is make you think at the end of it. Yes. It should be like satisfying yes. and then make you think afterwards. So you just don't forget it. I think shorts are just shorts are different. They should be written differently than television and they should do what scavengers does. And again, just just make you remember, remember at the very end it should just make you remember that that thing mm-hmm. and like not forget it. So those are the kind of things that that will will in the minds of a an executive be like yo this this person they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. maybe we should give them a show maybe we should give them a shot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well but they also they still have to pitch the actual show which uh, we there's a interview that we that essentially that we were both watching um where basically they still even though they made the short and they got it aired on on adult swim they still had to actually sit down and actually pitch the actual show right um which is, you know, it, it, that's kind of telling that you just can't simply rely on the short Mm-mm. to kind of get you through. No. Um, and what's also really interesting, too, about what you were saying about them probably hiring a bunch of TV writers is they were, I think uh, uh, Joseph Bennett was talking about this. They had a lot more time because it was animation. 
versus like whether or not this would have been live action. And so what they could do is they could actually go back and re-edit things mm. and change things and rewrite things. And they were like making changes to the pilot uh, like after, you know, I think like 80, 90 days into like the process. You wow. know what I mean? Like like they were still kind of going back there. You know, 80, 90 days, that's not, that's, you know, I think I think they were doing this for like three or four years they were making this, this TV show. And so they were going back and like changing things within the pilot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And fleshing out certain characters and taking certain things out purely because they had so much time with the animation. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting too. Like the whole... But, but like you like you were saying, like a short doesn't just because your short's really great doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's a TV show. It's just not. There's two different story uh, storytelling mm-hmm. uh, mediums and different crafts, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so with this one, um, yeah, like you want to jump into how do the characters get introduced? I, I really thought this was interesting because this show <laughs> one. Okay, let's talk. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the opening first because the opening of this is really interesting this is a 23 minute long show okay so mm-hmm. when when the the the, the ex, exposition has to be done in a very 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 efficient manner yeah we open up with two guys i was really happy i know this is just me being a black person but really happy to see a black man with a bald head <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of this show. He, he, he actually does has look just like you. It's basically Colin in space. Yeah. He was a bald head. He had a beard. Yeah. And I, he was he was slightly disgruntled. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was <laughs> I, I got some representation in space, which was awesome. <laughs> and he's he's like looking at a he's looking at a little tablet and he's just like, you know, the schlog of, of working at a cargo bay. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty mm-hmm. much like the wire season two in space <laughs> they're at the docks they're at the docks waiting for the bar just come in and and dude comes up and he's like basically he's basically saying hey we got everything everybody's accounted for except the demeter 227 and then the black mm-hmm. dude's just like hmm that sucks <laughs> and he's like wait should we do anything about it he's like uh i don't he think like, so <laughs> yeah he he like he like nah nigga they ain't gonna pay us for that yeah like <laughs> they fly that's, off that's above my pay grade he's like what if they're survivors he was like hopefully they're dead <laughs> essentially <laughs> and then we go straight into a title sequence which basically also it was kind of a brilliant kind of use of time mm-hmm. you got a title sequence that kind of shows us what's happening we see the solar flare that that destroys the demeter and then the escape pods or the the rescue mm-hmm. pods emergency pods that kind of go down to the planet of vesta and so right. they they utilize that time in like what 30 seconds i think that minute that that opening is like a minute long Right, 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 right. It's like I mean, I remember us talking about. So if you if you go all the way back to our Expanse episode, uh, we were we were basically like not dragging the show, but a lot of our critiques about the show was the fact that like it's so much exposition, it's so much world building that it gets in the way of like the major thrust and the engine of the show mm-hmm. because they're trying to establish like what this show is, and with Scavengers Reign, it's like there is. Ex- almost no exposition we are as uh it lost in the dark as the characters are yes and that's what's but 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 what's really awesome about the show is like and i and i look back at the at the short in particular for example this the creators aren't like i feel i even though 
I don't feel safe for the characters. I feel safe as a as a viewer because I know the creators know what this world is, and eventually I'm going to get the information that I need to get in order to move forward with the narrative. Even though at the top, all I got is a disgruntled black man being like, "Well, too bad for them," and a bunch of pods blowing up. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I think part you know of that is, and it's interesting because, like, when you when you when you introduce so they do it they do it in a in a like the classic television way but it's really interesting the way they do it because they introduce three basically three couples in separate yeah. in separate yeah. places of of this uh world and you don't know how far they are from each other you don't mm-hmm. know if they know each other we we don't you know that you know they're connected somehow but you just don't know you don't know the distance. You don't know how long, large this world is. It actually mm-hmm. was reminiscent to me. Speaking of Lost, um, as being Lost, it reminded me of Lost a little bit. Because um, mm. sometimes the, the the idea of Lost was one of the ideas of Lost is you just never know how how large the island is. You just have no mm. idea. Um, and you had you had the people inside of the island and you had the people at the beach and you know what I mean so they had mm-hmm. those kind of things where you know eventually these people are going to come come together but you just don't know how so it right. was kind of cool how they did that but they did it really fast they did it with really kind of not snappy dialogue not a lot of dialogue at all just a lot oh. of really really uh, man fascinating imagery and some really great all, subtext yeah it was all visual I mean like we, we get a shot of um, a bunch of tick marks on a wall, and we get one character, uh, Ursula. Uh, she's scratching one of the tick marks on the wall, and then we get a repetition of that image with another couple with Cayman, and it's we see that the same tick marks they're similar in length and similar in amount. So right. we're like, okay, they've all been on this planet the same amount of time. Right. And what usually happens, particularly with TV, is that usually. People will say, oh, we've been here 20 days. Or we've been here, oh, man. Oh, that sun is going to rise again for the 35th day <laughs> or some bullshit. You know what I mean? And and the reminder of this is that it is a visual medium. And even though this is not a show that you can second screen, which is what I really appreciate. You know, if we go back to Suits, I'm like, I actually appreciate Suits because you can second screen that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Scavenger's Ray because you fucking can't. Because... You're going to miss stuff. Right. You're going to miss so much stuff if you don't have your eyes glued to the TV. That's right. And so get comfortable, you know. Sit down, yeah. get comfortable, turn off the lights. Get a little high. <laughs> turn off the- <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, get a little high. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is a trip, man. This show is a trip for sure. This show is a trip. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you got Ursula and Cam. I mean, sorry, Ursula and Sam, right? And mm-hmm. and immediately you kind of, you, you trust that Ursula and Sam are brilliant you know they're they might mm-hmm. be scientists they've only been on this planet for 50 60 days or something like that mm-hmm. but they've kind of under they now understand how the the flora and the fauna work and how they right. are can interact with their their uh their electronics and their their equipment and all that kind of stuff so that's the kind of cool thing you're just watching them you're just watching them do stuff and you're learning in real time like you said they're not right. telling us stuff that we need to be worried about in the future you're just watching them exist in real time and you're like fascinated with the world that that you're you're watching play out in front of you 
Right, right. Um, so, yeah, we see Ursula and Sam, and we also find out what their call to action is at the beginning. We see, like, they're trying to, they're trying to, uh, we don't know what they're trying to do, but we do know that they're trying to uh, 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 charge this battery, and it's not working, and they're just continuing to fail. Sam is, like, a super frustrated, disgruntled character, and then Ursula is kind of like his, like, it's going to be all right sidekick yeah which is really interesting yeah, yeah. watching the entire show you kind of find like that interaction and this this made me think about this as a writer too is like how you mm-hmm. can make the introductions or the relationships you have the early relationships that you kind of uh build and create initially like how you can make that apparent and grow throughout the entire show because that interaction yeah. that they have where sam gets frustrated and then he says i'm sorry and then ursula kind of sits there and like lets him steam and then cool down and mm-hmm. it's it's essentially like their entire relationship yeah yeah and and clearly like because so much time has passed we can see that like sam like for example sam apologizing as quickly as sam does has been has been they've been in communication they know how each other can interact and react and so there's an immediate kind of bond that the two of them kind of have right so then the question then for us is like as as viewers and the question for the writers is like then all right so if they're so close-knit then how does the relationship evolve and change and then and we see that we we see that over the course of this episode which becomes kind of a microcosm for the two of them Mm -hmm. and then we see it over the course of the season as it becomes a microcosm for the two of them they're constantly switching who is leading and who is following who's the mentor who's the who's the mentee who's the teacher who is the student Mm -hmm. um you know and what's also really great about the two of them is that they resist the urge to do kind of a meet cute will they won't they you know it's a very much like familial you know, it's a working uh, relationship. Father. Yeah, you, yeah, it's a working relationship, and it's very clear, and and the boundaries are very, very strong. Right. It's respect. That, it's yeah. a lot of respect there, um, and it's cool. It's it's really interesting to watch it because it is such a short interaction that you see, but it's like you can tell Ursula is brilliant, but she knows that Sam has to lead. It's like Sam has mm-hmm. to lead. There, there needs to be one leader, even though even if she's in, uh, interjecting and kind of. You know, and she she guided the ship at one point. She was like, we need to do this. (laughs) You know, I know you don't want to, but we got to go here and we got to get this thing. And Sam's like, all right, Right. you're right. They do switch roles, but it was watching that interaction is is, I thought about high status and low status a lot um, with Mm -hmm, them, too, mm -hmm. a lot. Um, So then second, secondly, we go to Ozzy and Levi, Ozzy and Levi. Mm -hmm. I really love Ozzy and Levi and I love the world that they're in right now it's like ozzy yeah. and 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 because again there's so many different elements that you're finding that you feel like these people are in danger all the time right um but they really play off of what we know and understand about humans interacting with robots in sci-fi worlds you know mm-hmm. because like immediately i'm thinking about lost in space i'm thinking about danger mm-hmm. will robinson i'm thinking about hal in 20 uh, the 2001 i'm thinking about mm-hmm. tars and interstellar and i'm not entirely like i don't feel all the way that that ozzy's not in danger from the robot at, at mm-hmm. first a couple times especially with her kind of like kind of mean interactions with it yeah and well also levi so levi's starting to shift and change mm-hmm. and we What's great is like 
what's also something to remember is that you're dropped right into crisis. So they've been there for 60 days, but we're dropped right into where the shift in the relationship is beginning to happen. Levi is just now starting to exhibit behavior that's outside of what a normal Levi, which is the name of the robot, a Levi would do. Um, Case in point, Levi buries a a wrench. And so that action of them burying a wrench is like something is strange and something is, is kind of off. We don't see the accident that has caused Levi to then get the weird biology that is then put onto the thing. We're, we're talking about this show as if you've seen it, so please watch this show. We're to. not going to do a recap. Yeah. You, <laughs> you have to have seen it. We're not going <laughs> to do a recap just to give you a heads up. But maybe this, uh, so also, maybe this will make you want to watch it. You know, like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so but we don't we don't see Levi get the actual like biological goop that is clearly changing Levi's behavior. However, what is immediately dropped is Levi's behavior has shifted, which is then causing a change in Ozzy's reaction to Levi, which then perpetuates the crisis that Ozzy and Levi are going to have later on because it's it's what's so great about the show is as with the show, as with the world, everything is cause and effect in the world. So is too with the plot. Right. Levi acts different. Ozzy then reacts to that, so changes Levi's programming, which then causes Levi not to react to a bunch of aliens, and then Levi gets captured. Cause, right. effect, cause, effect, cause, effect. And they do this thing where I think it's really interesting that the, the only kind of exposition that they do uh, to kind of develop Ozzy a little bit more because they spent a little mm-hmm. bit more time with Sam and Ursula is using the robot because because Ozzy knows she knows that Levi is not human right mm-hmm. so they he, she she talks to it and says over talks and says extra things to to kind of give us the audience some information mm-hmm. about herself right. like she asks like oh because you know because Levi's acting strangely she says things like okay i let me make sure your memory is doing well tell me right. tell me you know what am i supposed to do after this oh you're gonna quit this job and what are you gonna do you're gonna turn me in for a new bike you know all these different things which let us know a little bit about ozzy too you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know so it's really smart also, it, um yeah smart, smart yeah. Expo- exposition yeah and it gave it, it also gave us a little bit more exposition into where they are with the world you know what i mean i think i think levi mentions like how long they've been staying there levi also mentions like what their food situation is like it's like we're starting to like levi then becomes almost an audience surrogate in a lot of ways purely because levi is a robot and you can ask it expositional questions and it will respond in exposition and me as an audience member isn't like holy shit that's uh, that's a bunch of info dumping you know yeah I mean? and she can say things like that she that humans don't say to other humans like they they use sub humans use subtext to say things like this like if Elijah right. if you say if you're concerning me I'm not gonna say I'm really concerned about the way you're acting right now Elijah Right. I'm not going to say that straight up to you like that. I might be unless I'm doing something real right. Weird. Unless it's really weird, I might go talk to somebody else. I'm gonna go talk to my my wife and be like, "My wife is acting fucking weird, man." Like, I, I don't know how to say it to him. But but Ozzy can go straight up to Levi and say, "I'm really concerned about your behavior. I'm I'm concerned right. that this is do- and what that does to us is make us worried also for Ozzy and right. for for Levi and their relationship and what you know what danger they might be able to they might encounter together, which is just really right. great. 
Right, right, right. And what's also what's also amazing about the show is that clearly these people who have made the show know genre and know sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden our antennas are up. Uh, pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like Ozzy being like, I'm concerned about your behavior and it's talking to a fucking robot. We're like, oh shit, this robot's about to go on a killing murderous spree. Right. The great thing about this show then is like where it turns the corners. And so like not to get too far ahead of the actual show because we're just dealing with the pilot. Our antennas are up. But then as you watch it and you see what direction Levi actually goes and what Levi actually becomes, the payoff is so much sweeter because we have the expectation that they're going to go left and then they go right. They go right. And it doesn't need we can tell you that and it's still going to be satisfying for you. I promise. Yes, exactly. So yeah, this is kind of like an advertisement for this show along with a <laughs> breakdown of the pilot because it is important that you continue to watch this this all the way through um, fire. it's just so, so good then got, yeah then then we got our next couple uh we got cayman and and we don't get we don't get cayman's second until a little bit later mm-hmm. and actually i found out do you know the name of the i did yeah the name? okay sweet all right so we on the same page anyway cayman cayman unlike the other other four is actually stuck in his pod he's stuck in his pod in a tree he can't get out he's been there literally the same amount of time so he has in all intents and purposes probably lost his mind we see we see scenes of him screaming and laughing hysterically every day it seems like he goes out and he stabs a branch um and eats bars and that's pretty much it right so that's all we get it came in um yeah yeah <laughs> i feel bad for, i feel bad for game of the whole great, damn show okay and that's the great part about it is like they introduced this guy who's stuck in this pod he we don't know how much he's eaten he's clearly lost mm-hmm. weight he's losing mm-hmm. his mind he can't get out and you you can feel that you like he can't get out and you you feel for him and then he, he turn his turn is ridiculous too oh man and the, the all the love that you have all the empathy you have for this character just completely melts away as the show continues on and it's yeah. so purposeful and so smart and yeah. ah man it's just such an excellent again keep watching the show but this is how the pilot kind of sets you up and, th- and this is something that we can glean from as writers like how do we start I like to use the phrase rock our rock our audience to sleep. How do we rock them yeah. to sleep so that we can come back around and 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 hit them with something that they weren't expecting after the fact? Right, right, right. And also the 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 crazy thing about how each one of these people are introduced is that it becomes their introduction then also becomes like we we don't actually get the inciting incident of the entire series. I guess the series engine into right at the very end. Um even though each one of these little tiny vignettes all have their own kind of like beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. they all have their, you know, they all have their inside incident and they go forward and then they complete it or they don't complete it. And then that's what pushes them forward into the next thing. However, each one of these vignettes, especially the way they introduce, then becomes the major theme for each one of those three. So as we're f- moving forward, we're going to watch these three stories, and it is going to be the themes and what those characters learn about themselves and about the world that's around them is what we are to gain and garner from each one of those three stories. Ozzy's relationship to Levi and the way that Ozzy then treats Levi is becomes an important thing for Ozzy to learn, and as well as for us to learn, as well as Ozzy's own independence, Ursula and Sam 
Ursula becoming a teacher, Sam becoming more of a student. They what they learn that becomes important, and then came in and ultimately the most terrifying fucking villain. (laughs) 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 That is that we that I have seen since like probably the the Exomorph man like that like their story. What they what Cayman learns and what Cayman garners is also the theme of that story, man. And then, and then this was a brilliant and kind of very unconventional way of introducing another character, Hollow, the yeah. alien frog, Fuck telekinetic, telepathic, super powerful but unassuming, almost cute little alien. It's so cute. That's what's so <laughs> disturbing about the Hollow. Is right. It's it's so fucking cute. And the first two, three episodes, you're like, oh, I love this thing. Yeah. Until it goes right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes super dark. So, like, yeah. And and honestly, Hollow, and when we get to the ABCs, it's almost like Hollow almost has a D story in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And You know what I mean? Like, Hollow kind of has its own story and it has its own introduction, which has no words. Yes. Hollow, yes. Hollow, essentially, Hollow gets jilted from just by not being as big and strong as some of its counterparts, you know, and, and then finds a way to take advantage of a lesser being, (laughs) a lesser, uh, and, and struggling being and finding this kind of sinister symbiotic bond between them. Right. Um, well, what's, what's, and that's interesting because we can get into a little bit of themes too, with this conversation, because like clearly, the what the creators could have done is they could have created kind of a jilted um you know if we just like one of these like dances with wolves slash james cameron the avatar (coughs) things were like if only humans unify with nature then all of a sudden they will reach some sort of transcendent experience and blah 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 And we think we're getting that yep. because, like, we we see Ursula and Sam, and Ursula and Sam, they know their way around things, and they're they're, they're manipulating working with nature. It. They're, they're working with the working nature. With the it. nature's working with them. It's with them. Even yeah. Ozzy, to some degree, and then Levi with the goo. Like, oh wow, nature's working with them. But then what we're also what we also kind of find out is that actually the humans there are having a profound effect on nature, and it's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Came in in the hollow. Their interactions is actually no. Actually, even though they do find some sort of synergy, what they ultimately become is something corrupt and bloated and disgusting. Right. You know. And Ursula and Sam, as they're moving along and they're using shit, they actually are disrupting what is happening and killing things, even though it's in a you, uh, 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 even though it is in a means to an end to get our heroes to where they need to be. Right. You know. Right. Which I think is, which I thought is, was so fucking profound. Yeah. For them to, yeah, for, them for sure. Because we just never seen anything. I mean, and, and I, I don't want to say we've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. I'm sure there are some, there are a bunch of references. And I actually did um, identify some of them. I do want to bring them up later. But can we, can we go and do our, our, our pitches? Our little elevator yeah. pitch? You want to go first or yeah. you want me to go? Yeah. All right. You ready? I just. We're about to walk into the elevator. Okay, cue the music. I'm Bob, I'm Bob, cue the music. I'm Bob Iger. Okay, okay. I hey, am, Mr. Black Man. I'm you Mr. look like you got a TV show. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Mr. Iger. I'm glad I look like I got a TV show because I do. All right. All right. So this is what I got for you. 
okay you gotta you gotta you gotta use your imagination because you gotta uh you gotta kind of assume that two of these things are sentient beings when they're not they're, they're stories okay so we got annihilation you've heard of annihilation uh-huh. okay alice garland we got annihilation lost and james cameron okay they meet together and then they drop acid okay <laughs> and then the fever dream that they have is this show <laughs> that's what it is really uh uh tell me more can i can i put this on my disney plus fuck no <laughs> absolutely not uh bob Iger, you know what i don't know if you're the one you're the one i should be pitching to for this one honestly i need yeah i don't think so yeah. uh, i think so. i think you need to give this to one of them weirdos over at adult swim yeah yeah can you can you uh refer me please mr Iger? When when I Google who's running Adult Swim, I'll let you know. <laughs> right. Thank you, Bob. Okay, you got one? <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah, I got okay. one. Okay, cue the music. Cue the music. All right, hey, hey, Mr. JPEG, I got the perfect show for your network. Because you're running Max, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Thank yeah, you for telling so, me that. Okay. I didn't know that, but yes. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> turns out uh so all right so imagine you know like my buddy i got a buddy named colin and and he 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 had he equated this to like annihilation meets uh james cameron meets uh somebody else and they all dropped acid right well imagine like yo so like same thing james cameron's avatar like the the world pandora right but it was actually a documentary shot by Werner herzog <laughs> yeah so check this out like when a when a crew crash lands on an alien planet and they can't escape they gotta like forge through this strange planet and and use the animal life and the plant life in weird ways to stay alive okay I like it great yeah and that's and it's all <laughs> and as it's all animated okay so and it's all adult themes so this is gonna sell real well <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you got you got a deal. I think we can do something with this. Do you have a proof of concept? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I got a short. Okay, well I'm gonna check that. Wow, it's beautiful. I gotta say, <laughs> I trust you. Let's do it. Boom, boom, right. boom, boom. Great job, great job on the. the and because pitch. and because this is animated and because this is a short, probably seventy five dollars. That's how much money. <laughs> right, and three four this. years to do. Yeah, Take exactly. Time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You want to? All right. Let's jump. Let's jump right into ABCs then. Sure. Yeah. Case. No. Uh, ABCs. ABCs were great because they were very clear, and I think that was kind of a function mm-hmm. of it being a short, a, a very short uh, mm-hmm. show. But I am going to add a D story, and you can tell me if. I mean, you know, I, I do think I do believe that the D uh, story connects to the C very, very closely. But I do think it mm-hmm. kind of rises to uh, the level of a separate. I wouldn't say runner, but just it has its own little kind of story elements. Anyway, so A story. A story I have is Ursula and Sam find the battery and manage to land the Demeter on Vesta. Ding, ding, ding. That's what I got. All right. The B story I have. Ozzy grows concerned about Levi as they grow crops and stave off hostile wildlife. That's great. I, I that's way better than mine. I had um, Ozzy 
I have, you know, I always tend to pose these as questions. Um, <laughs> and mine is like, will Ozzy save Levi? Um, but that completely ignores what happens in, for like a big chunk of Ozzy's story, which is like Ozzy's conversation with Levi trying to figure out if Levi is mal- how bad Levi is malfunctioning. <laughs> so I really like the, I, I really like that, that Ozzy grows concerned about Levi because um, that encompasses all of that that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the C I have is Cayman is rescued by a telekinetic and telepathic creature and forms a sinister symbiotic bond. Question. Yeah. Do we know if it's sinister yet? No. And that's the one part that, the, that is the issue with the C. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't find out if it's sinister in the in the pilot. So. I, I can I can I can deal with that one with editing that and we out. actually and we don't find out and we don't because we we've been charging ourselves to watch an episode in and even though we both watched this whole show mm-hmm. but I also watched we watched the second episode we actually we don't find out it's sinister in the second episode either right right um they slow roll it is that. yeah it does it actually what's great about came in and the hollow story is that it's 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 codependency on like like on a hundred like it's almost like triggering how deep it goes like you know what i mean like (laughs) let me let me tell you yeah now i know this is episode i know this is the episode one show (laughs) but in episode two when cayman is telling his wife when he's telling his girlfriend that like she's like she's yelling at him about like you went to, like we're, we're in this we're, we we went to this cabin this was your idea and right. he goes like i did this for you the, i i'm doing this for you right. i'm like i've had that argument i know i know <laughs> and then you feel embarrassed that you've had that argument exactly you know you're the villain <laughs> exactly you're caiman you're caiman and you know your ass is caiman they it's funny because they do kind of they do and now I'm thinking about it a little deeper. They do introduce some of this toxic max- masculinity in Sam oh, yeah. and definitely Cayman, but in Sam too a little bit sometimes. Um, so yeah, it's just fascinating the elements of the, that theme. And, then you, and yes. when you watch it, it's so nuanced that it makes you think about the way that you behave in the world. You know, so well, when it's it, when it's it, put on when it's put on like like grand display like this kind of like this is a story about toxic masculinity you're kind of like mm-hmm. yeah whatever but when it's done it's super nuanced this way you're like you, you feel you felt a little bit more convicted oh, yeah. by it you know it's no it's no accident that the the people who find who managed to find harmony within the world and i'm not saying in a james cameron avatar harmony because it's a lot more subtle than that but the people who do find harmony are ursula and ozzy and and Ozzy's coded. Ozzy is very blatantly queer, and Ursula could be queer, could not be queer. So, queer women of color are the ones who are in harmony, <laughs> and a robot who's yeah. who's voiced by a woman. Yeah, yeah, are the ones who are ones who managed to find harmony, and then that the the men presenting ones are either <laughs> spoiler, don't make it, or, <laughs> or or fall into some sort of codependent relationship no. in which they become. It corrupted and almost killed everybody. <laughs> yes, and yes, and there is another character that gets introduced—a woman who is, ah, is yes, also yes, yes. a very, very de- terrible villain as well. Yes, yes, she's horrible. So she's they horrible. they do a lot. They play a lot. It's not just a. It's not a. This is not a satire. This is not a. It, it has social commentary elements to it, but it's not. This is not what that show is for. It's not trying yes. to hit you over the head with a social commentary about 
gender norms. You know what I mean? This is not what that is. Right. Um, right. So yeah, just just trying to make that clear as well. They do they do play along with it, play play around with it um, in interesting well, and, ways. And also the the it's made by three white men. Uh, <laughs> so like you know, we can only we can only go so true but, far but, without like without really kind of like unpacking that like they do they do send oh so they do center uh these women of color it's created by white men the white the white men in the show are all dealing with like kind of like pretty uh uh difficult and problematic reactions to things and behavior um, and so I think that is just telling in terms of like what the story is trying to say, even, whether or not they're aware of it or not, or whether or not they're cognizant or not, you know, right, or not. right. They, and, and, but they also do things like they tell you about what it means to be a gentle soul in this world that's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. What did, what, what happens <laughs> to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Key, key, key. This, this planet is actively trying to kill them oh yeah constantly and there's nothing and, <laughs> and if you're not familiar with it then you're going to die yeah <laughs> like it's, it's it's one of those things like i always think about this is oh god i can't I, my brain i just can't stop it from taking doing tangents but i just think about like the first people on earth as they're like discovering the world around them and like oh this berry mm-hmm. looks good and they just die and then the next person knows like don't fuck with that berry like you know <laughs> like, oh these these leaves smell kind of good maybe i can put it on my my chicken here put it on the chicken and dies okay we don't <laughs> touch that leaf again that's kind of like the first 60 days of them being on this planet <laughs> it was I know, just like I know. People being uh-huh. offed by turning into mushrooms, and you're just like, oh, don't touch that thing. You turn into a yeah, mushroom. You don't go in the, yeah, <laughs> don't go in that. Don't go in that hole. Yeah, your <laughs> your hand will become a branch. That's why you don't. Go in that <laughs> hole. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh man, that was wild. That's why I'm like annihilate. I thought about annihilation a lot when I was mm-hmm. watching this, and I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen this film, but actually, I, I went and found the author of so- Southern Reach, which is what annihilation is is. Yeah, uh, I've, read, I've read the book. You, you I read, would. I, read I knew you had. I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> you are that guy. Well, I've read the book. Of, I actually, yeah. Well, I actually, actually I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> you didn't watch the movie. You're that dork. I didn't watch the movie. You, you read the movie. Read the book and didn't watch the movie. See, that's the book you, and the movie are two totally different things. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, the Jeff Vandermeer, the mm-hmm. author, he 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 tweeted about it. I think somebody probably was like, "Yo." There's a show out Yo. that looks very similar to what you were trying to convey in the in this novel, and mm-hmm. he gave it a lot of praise on X. Oh, great! So it was really interesting to see that too. Nice, 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 nice. Dope. All right. Hello. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you got, man? Uh, yeah. Let's get to and you know this is a question that we had on this list, but we never really talked about it because we actually dealt with some kind of pilots that both of us didn't like so we would just talked about it anyway is there anything wrong with this pilot Ooh. anything that you would critique if you had an opportunity oh, to critique? you know what um i feel maybe I, wrong is maybe wrong's the wrong is wrong might be the wrong word but is there anything you would be that you would critique about him oh man it's tough because i i really do feel like i had something but I'm not saying it's a perfect pilot. I can't think of what I can't think of like 
usually I'm looking for plot holes or I'm looking for like certain issues with it. I'm not finding too much of it. It is super, super short Mm -hmm. and it's super well done, well written. It's beautiful to look at. So I think you might get Mm -hmm. a little distracted by the beauty of it all. I think, you know, it has a lot of questions. I think from the, it's a little inaccessible, I'll say Mm -hmm. for, for even for a lot of sci-fi people. Uh, that might be into it, that might jump into it. Like, my mom, you know, the reason why I watch Star Trek is because my mom and dad. But I'm not entirely sure, like, if I suggested a show to them, that they'd be into it. So I think mm-hmm. that there's some uh, some of the violence, some of the, uh, the, not the themes, but some of the kind of, like, questions that you have because you're walking into this super insane world and you have no idea. That kind of uncomfortability, I think, is a little inaccessible. Mm-hmm. So that probably be the only critique I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what makes it so strong is also what is a bit what makes it so where some where I would critique a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think like Ursula and Sam, for example, the way that they're so adept at like this world that's around them. I wish I got a little bit of a little bit of like them figuring things out. You know what I mean? Even if, even if like. And here, in case in point, it, this even could come with the title. Because I was thinking that the title was going to change. Those That title sequence was going to change each and every time. And it doesn't. And you could actually use that title sequence to give yourself that bit of, like, tiny bit of a montage that shows them getting from one place to the next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, so, it, it for me, I know I know it's in the spirit of the, um, of the short that you know we're immediately jumped into the short and we don't know how these people can figure things out and yet they do figure things out um i think for the show it would have been nice for us to kind of see that a little bit more you know yeah i think i agree with that too that, i think that is the issue that i ha- i did have it was it was like mm-hmm. like i said if you're the first couple people on this planet you're going to die because of it's yeah. it's trying to kill you so how did these people survive you know what i mean yeah. how did they figure yeah. it? and in 60 days honestly it made me think like okay they had to have prior knowledge of this planet by all accounts they don't i mean at least that's yeah. kind of the feeling that we have like they don't have any knowledge of this prior knowledge of this planet and um it's just kind of a little bit unrealistic for them to have figured out all of this without dying <laughs> right exactly in 60 exactly. days you know when so when so many people we we see as the show goes on, so many people are dead. Right, they're mushrooms now. <laughs> you know, they're fucking mushrooms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's my only. I guess that'd be my only critique. Uh, so nice. yeah, we talked about how we introduce characters, which is super important. We've been kind of mm-hmm. talking about how the world was set up. We talked about is it a great opening? I say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and we talked about our ABC story. So then we can go, kind of jump into some more of our our segments. But first. Let's take a break. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back and we're covering yeah. Scavenger's Reign. Scavenger's Reign on HBO Max came out last year, 2023, and took the world by storm. Just kidding. No, it did not. Not a lot of people, I don't think, watched it. But if you are lucky it took, enough it took to critics find it, bust. Yeah. 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 It's, it's one of those Christmas things. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to find it, it's a freaking treat. And if you are a person mm-hmm. who is interested in animation, if you are a sci-fi nerd, if you like anime, mm-hmm. this is not anime, but if you like anime, it has some of these elements in it. But if you just right. like really, you really like good TV, I can't say if you really like good TV, then you'll love this. I can say if you like sci-fi, 
and you're willing to go down this <laughs> this crazy rabbit hole, you'll really really enjoy it. But if you if you like to write, there's a lot of stuff to learn here, um, yeah. and and most of it is about how to quickly uh, tell a really fascinating narrative. Yeah, how the how the world build and how the world build visually, right? Um, and constantly reminding us that this is a visual medium, and especially if you're doing animation, like really just like leaning into the fact like you have that ability to like create interesting things, and your only limit is your imagination, and that we will go with you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We will go with you. We will we will be right there. You don't have to handhold the audience. The audience will meet you with where you're at so long as they trust in the fact that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I trusted them throughout this entire process. I mean, I okay. So, but you do bring up something about um visual visual storytelling mm-hmm. and it's it's like I said, it's not snappy dialogue. And this is another, not an issue for the show, but an issue for this podcast because we have a segment called The Coldest Line. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't find one. I did not find a I line. I got one. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I don't have one, but <laughs> I do. Um, I'm going to do two favorite scenes so to make up for it. But if you got a coldest okay. line, what you got? My coldest line is, uh, is said by Sam. Uh, Sam has just... Uh, harvest a a leech off the bottom of a of a tree branch. He opens up the leech. He looks at it. The leech has got little tentacles coming out of it, and he goes, "God, I hate it here." God, I hate it here. And then puts the leech on his face. Oh, that is my coldest line. I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go another way. Uh, he does have he does have a really great line uh, that we're gonna throw up there where he also says, "So hypothetically speaking, in our contracts, could we charge the last couple of months as overtime?" <laughs> I know it's funny, but seriously, um, will they give me? Will they give us overtime yeah. for this? <laughs> yeah, she's like, right? And he's like, funny, but. Like seriously, well, you think they were? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Both good. of both of those, I love. I mean, the God I hate it here, I love because you're just like I'm. I'm right there with you, Sam. You're like you're like God damn it, I gotta get off this fucking planet. This yeah. shit is disgusting. It's trying to kill me. I gotta do all this shit to to just to survive. Mm-hmm. And the overtime is funny because like they're not. They're not going to give them overtime. They're not even going to invest resources into saving your ass. Mm-hmm. You're fucked. Yeah, this reminded me, and th- that element kind of harkened to me, like the alien, the Nostromo, the you uh-huh. know, the Whalen Yutani Corporation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, these yeah. are blue collar people with yeah. genius level IQs. <laughs> yeah. Well, granted, Alien yeah. didn't. Not everybody had genius level IQ on there, but these people yeah. certainly do, and they're just like. Damn it! Yes. Can't believe yeah. this happened. But even even an alien, like everybody, is still uh, good at their jobs. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like like everybody on the uh, what was it, like the Nost- the no- the Nostromo, Nostromo? the Nostromo. Yeah, the, everybody on the Nostromo was great at their job. Everybody who's on Vespa One is great at their job. Yeah, and that's why except we Kenny. also like except for Kim. <laughs> he's a bitch and he's terrible yeah, at his job. <laughs> Fuck came in. Yeah. Fuck came and the reason why we're saying fuck came in because we are came in for all came. We've been came in before. <laughs> and he's except a bitch. 
He is a bitch. Except deadass, I'm not gonna like reroute the fucking ship no, near he, a sun. Anyway. Spoiler. Just watch watch the show <laughs> and see why we call him a bitch. But yeah. anyway. So yeah, those are great. Those are great. I I did a, I thought that I thought you were gonna say the one about the overtime. But I, the, I, I do like that one too. So those are both great. I'm excited. So let's about, get into your favorite scenes. Yeah, what my favorite scene, two favorite scenes. First of them, first of all, was when when they go to Pod Five, they have to go down to this like very ominous dark hole, which mm-hmm. you can see has already turned somebody into a mushroom, and um, <laughs> they're walking through. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Twenty twenty three, year of the mushrooms, apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of mushrooms. <laughs> Lots um, of mushrooms. So, yeah, they're going down there, and then this, I mean, Earth, this terrifying thing happens where they kind of, kind of hear, they think they hear like a human, and they know that nobody could have survived down there, and then they kind of see that it's like this strange mushroom of some kind, some some sway, mm-hmm. some strange mycelia of some kind that she kicks either on purpose or by accident, I can't tell, but anyway, it assumes the form, like this deformed version of her. And then, like, mm-hmm. explodes into these spores that she then breathes in, and like, they start freaking out. She starts freaking out. Her little, like, suction cup filter made of a freaking fish alien or some <laughs> kind is starting to fail. And then she breathes in this, these spores. Sam Sam finds a way to get out of the hole, and then he, he's not able to help Ursula. And then Ursula, like, we, we think Ursula's dying. Like, Ursula's she's dead okay Ursula's dead dead. she's turning into a tree she's turning into a mushroom (laughs) it's terror it's literally truly terrifying the first time you see it (laughs) and then like boom she wakes up it's almost she had like a trip she had like a two second trip of her Mm -hmm. dying and then she uh, and that's what that's what those spores did to her and again that's that's more world building it's like even when you think you're gonna die sometimes like people die that way but sometimes it's just like the way that this world is interacting with your brain that that right. even makes you think that this is happening. So that was terrifying. Yeah. Then we find out she's still alive, which was great. And then she she saves herself. And um, I love that scene because it was just so terrifying. It was uh, I, I just really like um, there's something about like there's something about like organic horror. I don't even. Oh, yeah. Like body horror, body horror. But no, but deeper than that, too, like like trees and stuff growing inside uh, of people and yeah, like yeah. turning them into other there's something about that is just really this turn this is just makes me sound weird but just beautiful to me and terrifying yeah. at the same time and i just really <laughs> like it i don't know the reason why i like alien but um anyway so i yeah. really like that scene and then the other scene i really liked was ozzy going to fucking war against these giant like <laughs> spider cows I don't even yo, know. Yo, Ozzy a G, yo. Yo, Ozzy, that came Ozzie out of nowhere. A fucking G. I was like, Jesus, she is a beast. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't do shit. Didn't do shit for the first like five minutes. Right. But you know, I, she was trying. I was like, all right, let's go. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Ozzy's like a superhero, and we're like, whoa, okay. So again, that's like some other more more character building where we find out that mm-hmm. Ozzy's like, she's a badass. They know what they're doing. They can, you know, and hopefully they're going to go to battle against something else later on and succeed. Yeah. So that's that's why I really like that scene. What's also really great about that that is that it gives the illusion that there is no plot armor, even though there is. Mm-hmm. So, like, as you watch the show, you realize 
pretty quickly like who makes it even though i was really surprised that one of the three have made it um but but throughout the course of the show i'm like i'm like oh these people can go this is this is hold up here we go you know what here's what we're gonna do you need to you need to like pull up the game of thrones like five seconds of the Game of Thrones theme song, so that every time we reference Game of Thrones, you play it. Because here's my Game of Thrones reference. All right. You think that this show, just like Game of Thrones, anybody can fucking get it. Right. However, you realize in the end of the show, actually, no, no. The creators are like, no, this person's safe and this person's safe. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's that's kind of an issue, but kind of like great. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's like, well, his- this, this place kills you and it kills you fast. So yes. ha- seeing so many people survive was like great. And then it also was like, but why did they why were they able to make it? <laughs> Well, and because also, like, because we don't know the rules of the world and the characters don't know the rules of the world, that then creates all of that tension. Yeah. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, the the tension is there. Unlike, it, it it's almost, it is almost alien in the sense, which is funny because we keep referencing alien, even though the creators have very explicitly said we are actually not referencing alien as much as people think we are. It's, it's the comps are just kind of there. The, the world is a character in this story. The world may even be the main character in this story. And just like Alien, how we don't see the monster, we don't see the alien actually almost at all, except for the last, like, I think 15, 20 minutes of the, of the movie, the, the, the way that the world can kill these characters is so just like abstract and out of nowhere that we're in constant, tension they're never ever ever safe even when they're sleeping we're like no 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 there could be just like a fucking weirdo giant bat (laughs) (laughs) that could come out of the ground and like eat their eyeballs or something crazy like a bat and a pig and a and a freaking iguana put together (laughs) like they're not normal like these (laughs) yeah they're not normal man Okay, so, so hold up, my f- yeah, what you got? My favorite scene. Oh yeah, yeah my yeah, favorite yeah. scene. Favorite scene. My favorite scene is the the introduction of the hollow. Uh, the hollow is gonna the hollow is gonna go down. Is my twenty twenty three favorite character. It this shit is so fucking freaky, but it because it's so fucking cute in the beginning. You like immediately empathize with this thing, and what I love about the scene is that it's no words. But there is, and because the hollow has just one blank expression on its face the entire time, we map so much on it. We map frustration, we map anger, we map happiness, we map everything on it because it just, it doesn't change its expression no matter what's happening around it, except for one time. And as it's trying to like hallucinate this little thing to like get its food, it's stopped by a bigger hollow. And we see our hollow have a glimmer of frustration mm-hmm. and a glimmer of anger. And you're just like, and you also know that this hollow is different from everybody else because there is something about it that gets frustrated and gets angry and feels slighted where the other ones don't. And also just had a, had an idea, had an epiphany. 
just like our heroes who are at odds with nature and aren't in harmony with nature, this hollow in particular isn't in harmony with its its nature and its surroundings, which then allows it to be corrupted when it eventually runs into Cayman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all great, too. I mean, that's a great observation, I think, because you're right. That hollow is special. You know, it's mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. And we wouldn't follow it if it wasn't. You know, right. it's not like every like right. you said, it's just not like everybody else. So that's that's really great observation. All right. Yeah. So um, with that, let's let's head to the Steph Curry Award. You got a Steph Curry Award to the actor or department that could not miss. Art department. Yo, I did the I said the same thing. I said the creative Come design team. Truly amazing. Yeah. They're fucking fire. Yep. I mean, like the, I, I hadn't I hadn't seen. I think they're called what are they called? Like Green Street Green Street Productions. Oh, I, I'm not company. sure. Uh, something like that. I mean, I haven't seen any of their work, um, and then I, di- I and I didn't see the short beforehand. It it just reminds me of um of like watching those weird fucking cartoons when I was like 12, 13 years old on fucking Toonami. Like if you stayed up too late on Toonami, you saw some weird <laughs> weird shit and you could not look away and you would always like have horrible at least in my case i would have horrible 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 nightmares (laughs) (laughs) hold on hold on so i live in new york and there's a siren i'm gonna mute it's all good i mean you know we're, we're doing it in different places if you don't know i'm in north carolina elijah's in new york city i know it sounds like we're sitting right next to each other but that's just the magic of of production. That's just what that is. But it's all good. Y'all y'all will forgive us for for Elijah living in a big city. <laughs> but um yeah. So my Steph Curry Award is the exact same thing. Uh, I said the creative design team said truly amazing. And then I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna go ahead and jump to uh, the Juneteenth Award, which I'm really excited about as well. I as I said from my. Um, my favorite scene or my second favorite scene with Ozzy. It's got to go to Ozzy. I mean, Ozzy, by all accounts, is a black woman uh, from what we can tell. Uh, and she is. <laughs> from what we can tell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I I said that not for the black part, but for the woman part. We don't know if it's non-binary, you know, we're not entirely right. sure um, how, how they identify. But Ozzy is is voiced by Wunmi Mosaku, who is a beast. Uh, she's an excellent British-born black actress who I've seen in a lot of great stuff and enjoyed her work. So I give the Juneteenth Award to the character of Ozzy. Nice, nice. I was going to give it to Ozzy, but I thought that was too obvious. Hmm? I'm going to give it to the black man in the beginning. <laughs> Who did? I thought about who, that. Who, pro- who probably did the most realist thing that I've ever seen happen in genre television? <laughs> when confronted with a potential heroic action, which is to go save his coworkers, he was like, "Nah, fuck them. <laughs> they ain't paying me enough." <laughs> right, and and flew away. <laughs> that man could have had a whole another storyline. Like he could have been. There could have been a whole nother storyline back on the barge where he's like constantly trying to find them. But and he was like, nah. he was just like, I'm good. You know what? I'm good. I don't want to be on this show. <laughs> 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 I'm good. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. 
I just want to go to bed, you know. And you know what he's about to do? You know he he you know he coming home because 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 he a brother he a bald headed brother with a beard. I just know he 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 thinking about going home. He probably got a wife. He's probably gonna put on some space game. <laughs> <laughs> and all he's thinking is about like, look, I gotta get home. I gotta I got I gotta get home to Pluto. I gotta put my feet up. <laughs> I, my wife gotta rub my bald head. <laughs> I ain't saving these white people. Fuck them. <laughs> He's like, hmm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, Which, that might be my... is the coldest line. Yeah, hmm. he's like, mm, that's, that's unfortunate. unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the coldest thing you could possibly say in that scenario. The Demeter two two seven. What happened? Uh, I'm not sure. Apparently, they rerouted and then poof, disappeared. Any word from the crew? It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, what should we do? I'll inform the bosses, but I doubt they'll sink any resources into trying to find them. But what if they're survivors? Well, for their sake, let's hope there aren't any. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. But uh, no chill, no chill, no chill. All right. So what 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 story threads do you anticipate coming up? Oh. And and and. Well, this is great. I love I love the fact that we're talking about the show because we both watch this show all the way through. Mm-hmm. So um, we can, but I want us just to, to really imagine, think about like like as if yeah, you just saw imagine. it for the first time. Oh, the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Okay, if I'm really because I already you know I already messed up in my my ABC stories and kind of like said something that does not show up in the pilot. So let me let me do mm-hmm. better this time. Uh, <laughs> I see. If I if I'm being honest. It's, it's really hard like and that's kind of the great thing about it because it is like i was mentioning before we recorded i think it's like the it was like a rube goldberg of sci-fi like this mm-hmm. thing touches this thing that touches that thing and you just can't anticipate what's going to happen next i mean i the the clear and obvious one is the when you get the calls to, calls to action those kind of help you understand what what the story threads could be. But okay, right. when we talk about Levi, Levi, Levi is going to keep on displaying weird behavior. Maybe mm-hmm. he's going to attack um, Ozzy and get fed up at one point. Um, mm-hmm. Is going to uh, kind of, oh, may- maybe that organic material is going to start taking Levi over and start mm-hmm. causing it to do even more strange things that we just can't understand because the world is telling us that some of these things are, are, are nice and some of them benign and some of them are cancerous, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one, um, Ozzy, I think we're going to see Ozzy do more badass things. I think we're going to see Ozzy get out of like really, really tough situations in really cool, interesting ways. I think we're also going to see Sam and Ursula, uh, kind of have this kind of really realistic, uh boss and like direct supervise like you know what i mean like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. clearly sam and sam is not ursula's like boss boss they're like almost lateral you can just tell by the mm-hmm, way they communicate mm-hmm. to each other so we're gonna have this kind of cool interesting work-life balance relationship <laughs> between the two of them mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. they try to survive and hopefully they're gonna help each other make it to the end of the show and then obviously with cayman who the fuck knows what's gonna happen with cayman cayman Honestly, when Cayman walks away, I think maybe Cayman 
isn't going to be seen for a long time. I'm, that's that's mm-hmm. that's my thought when I see this for the first time. I know it's, I know he's going to come back, but there's no. I mean, knowing what I know, that I, I could never have guessed how that that story was going to go. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Me too. Can we just can we just can we just spoil one thing real quick? Sure. I just want to talk about the most disturbing moment that I had. What was that? So when so when Cayman starts helping the Hollow, it's feeding the Hollow, mm-hmm. and then the Hollow realizes like the destructive power of Cayman, and then Cayman drops another the fat Hollow in the Hollow's face, and the Hollow then starts to eat that shit. <laughs> Bruh, I was like, I remember watching that scene being like, this doesn't, I think this is like episode three or four. Mm-hmm. I watched that scene like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. It's, it's like the, when the, it's the, there's this moment, the, the moment when the hollow turns, like begins to display evil tendencies. It mm-hmm. just begins to scare you even more, but you, you still don't know how powerful it is yet. You've seen it yeah. do powerful things, but you're just not entirely sure. How powerful yeah. it really god damn it man that was because terrifying it's, it's it's ultimately like it's ultimately a force of nature you know what i mean like oh, the yeah. hollow i mean even though the hollow has emotions that we map we're only mapping those emotions onto it because of our understanding of ourselves like what the hollow it actually does and what the hollow is is only within its own mind and we actually don't know exactly what it is or what it's capable of Mm-mm. it isn't like it's not like the alien, which is just like basically a devouring thing, but it's also not this like it's not fucking Pikachu. You know what I mean? It's its own thing. It is. It is. It is a animal, and it's going to do what an animal does. And it's going. And the fact is, like it, it. It also has just some very profound power to it, which then makes it so 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 fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. But yeah, those are the those are the the, the threads that I can see right now. Uh, what you got? That's all. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think like the heroes, the actual hero's journey, which I think is the engine of the show, starts when the Demeter finally crashes. So the big question is like, who will get to Demeter first? Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Um, I think it's also telling that we get that wonderful shot of the Demeter streaking across the sky, and then we see all of our heroes look up at it. Yeah, and they all have different reactions to it. Sam and uh, Ursula are extremely excited because this is what they've been working on for the past sixty days. Ozzy is surprised, but Ozzy also feels inspired and revigorated because Ozzy's like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to live the next day. That's and then right. all, all of a sudden she's like, I got a path to go to. Mm-hmm. Cayman looks up at it, but can, can't really see it because it's he's captured by the hollow. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting it's, it's an interesting three juxtaposition. Yeah, really, really interesting there. Yeah. All right. Great. So is this a good pilot, a bad pilot, decent pilot? Great pilot, game changing pilot. Mm. Game changing is is strong because I think I think honestly when we start thinking about these these different categories of pilots, I think game changing has to be uh, reserved for those that are in the cultural zeitgeist. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I think they're probably reserved for a retrospective and not like mm-hmm. uh, for its time. Honestly. So uh, mm-hmm. I would say that this is not a game-changing pilot, but it is a very, very good pilot. Very enjoyable. Uh, does all the things that a pilot's supposed to do and more. Um, so, yeah, great pilot Yeah, for me. 
I said, yeah, I agree. I say it's great. Um, we don't know the effect. I think this pilot is going to have a pretty profound effect because I think it's going to be one of those things that people will discover over time. I hope so. Um, hope, yeah. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get lost uh, in just the you know the the miasma of the streaming world that we live in yeah. and eventually quietly taken off a streaming service and no one can ever see it again because we don't we no longer have physical media <coughs> cough 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 you know but yes but i i do hope that this is something that people do will discover and i do hope that it's something that future storytellers are then influenced by because i think like it's it's so unique in its storytelling and the way that it tells stories that i think a lot of people will then reference it as it moves forward it's so referenceable even though it references a lot yeah you know what now i will go can i if i, if I can go back because i know we're wrapping up here pretty soon but i'm gonna go back mm-hmm. to the beginning where you were asking about peak tv and kind of essentially that question is more like what is basically where's tv going and mm-hmm. i think that the emmys going back to the emmys again does uh kind of signal to us where we are going and it's like mm-hmm. big shows big networks it's almost like almost like uh the emmys behave similarly to the oscars um or behaved similarly to the oscars like these are big network tv shows that those are the ones that are going to be able to be placed up for these for these uh awards and those are the ones that you should be paying attention to it's like like you said it's like the big money and the big networks and the the conglomerates are going to be pushing us to what are the awesome, excellent television that we need to be watching, right? And they might be right. These shows might be great, but shows like other, you know, shows that don't win the awards or shows that don't even get nominated, that doesn't mean they're not great, but I think they're going to signal that they're not great because they're right. just not getting the attention. And I don't think that was, I think that might have always existed, but I think it's going to become a lot more prominent. Um, as we move forward because of the proliferation of streamers and just the amount Mm -hmm. of content that's out there. Like you would have to nominate 20 fucking TV shows in order to really let us know what's great out there, you know? Right. Well, and we're already seeing it. I mean, this year alone, so many shows have gotten canceled and so many shows that have had, that have very strong fan bases. And oftentimes the shows that are getting canceled are, the ones that are diverse, the ones that are led by people of color, uh, the ones that do different things in terms of the way we tell stories. You know what I mean? Um, And because there's no physical medium left, a lot of these shows, if they disappear off the the streaming service, are going to be lost. They're going to be gone. They're going to be gone. Now, granted, like, when you go back in time to TV, like... Let's be real. Like n- people weren't just printing DVDs of like every fucking thing. You know right. what I mean? Like you can't you can't see you can't find Josh Whedon's fucking doll's house right. nowhere. Barely because no. ain't nobody was printing no goddamn DVDs of that shit. Because ain't nobody was watching it. Right. However, I think all of us have gotten so used to the idea that like I can see anything at any point in time, and that is not sustainable. Is what we're realizing, and so the fear is that these kind of very niche things that are excellent and like and when we say excellent like this show is excellent that without if it doesn't capture the cultural zeitgeist if it doesn't get some tiktok memes because it's not like the great thing about this show is it's not designed for a fucking meme it's not designed to like 
to fire up the algorithm. It's not designed to like for you to like throw this up on Twitter and like get a bunch of like conversations going. This is this is such a T like TV show. This is so visual mm-hmm. and requires you to art. sit there and watch it. It's a piece of art that the fear is that this kind of stuff is is going to disappear and this kind of stuff won't be as accessible and it won't you know? yeah it just won't even get made ultimately yeah, like exactly. we won't even be seeing anything like this this is why i was super excited to watch it when you when you when you shared it with me and like i wanted to cover it for the same reason like you know i was like maybe we should just I think it was you actually that suggested it but it was like i'm 100 on board if we can just keep pushing it out to people and just telling them right. that, that it's out here Right. So yeah, with that said, uh, that's that's pretty much the wrap up. I think we got through everything. Again, we just yeah. we just covered Scavengers Rain on Max. You can mm-hmm. find it there. Uh, so, but I need to ask you, Elijah, what are you watching yeah. currently? Well, I just finished. Uh, <laughs> I just finished the Curse, and that finale. It has. It, I think it's like the most talked about finale for a bunch of people who are nerds about TV who who managed to get through that goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> so I I personally thought that 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 finale was just like I'm still thinking about it. I, I, you know what they did was fascinating, um, but I know it's very contentious. <laughs> so I just finished the curse, and now I'm, I'm, I might start Night Country. I might finish Fargo. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, you took mine, actually. uh, Yeah, so I did finish Fargo. I enjoyed it. Um, I really liked that that anthology. And I did watch True Detective Night Country. And honestly, and I I was a little disappointed, sadly, to be honest with you. Yeah, people are disappointed by that show. Yeah, because what what I found out, I listened to another podcast I really like, Prestige TV podcast on Ringer. Um, they were talking about it and they were basically saying that the basically it was kind of pitched as night country. And then HBO was like, Oh, this is a detective show. Let's throw the true detective brand on top of it. Oh, so it doesn't really have like a lot of, it has some of the DNA of the previous three, but mm-hmm. some of it is very unique. And I think it would have been better from an audience perspective. If we, if I came in there and it was just called night country and you just pitched it to me like that, or if you, you right, gave me right. a trailer or marketed it as just, night country i would have watched that and i'd have been fine with it but because of the association with a you know a a franchise at this point that i really enjoy Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. kind of messed it up for me but so there and and then i am starting to watch echo and the way it's starting now i'm really enjoying it actually um cool. your face looked like you just smelled a fart like when i said <laughs> echo because <laughs> bro i have i have the last the last fucking marvel i watched like two episodes of loki season two and yeah, i was like yeah me too. yeah i'm done and my wife she thinks she thinks it's behave like the marvel thing is like still behaving like it did in the past where you have to watch everyone in order mm-hmm. or or else like you're, you're gonna be lost and she and yeah. every time i try to watch echo this is why i haven't finished the first episode <laughs> every time i watch <laughs> echo she's like we need to watch loki we need to finish loki you keep on jumping around i'm like i don't want to watch loki it's not good <laughs> it feels like homework that's, yeah. that's why i stopped watching it that's also why i stopped watching um the star wars ones too because i was like i didn't watch ahsoka because i was talking about my, my brother's a big uh 
a big Clone Wars, a big Rebels, you know, that those TV shows. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, oh, my God, Ahsoka is like season four of Rebels. I'm like, I'm like, nigga, I ain't got through season one of Rebels. I, ain't, I, ain't, yeah. I don't want to like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. And it does feel like homework when you're like you, you get you get tied to a franchise. And, and, I, and I think that the Marvel and Star Wars are kind of like behind the curve and realizing like right. you guys need to just create these. Not one-offs, but like create a self-contained story, please. Just once, Jesus. They don't have but to be. That's what Echo. But that's what Echo's supposed to. I be. think it Echo's is, and that's yeah. Be. It feels it feels like that. It feels like that. At least the first freaking like twenty minutes, because every time I goddamn put it on there, it's like, oh, say my wife's name, but who cares? I'm like, <laughs> I don't like doing that. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> every time I do, my wife's is like, my wife is like, turn that off. We need to watch Loki. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm watching right no, now. No, we don't. I could tell you that. I could tell your wife the ending of Loki. He becomes I'm cool like. With it. Tell me. He becomes like the god of of stories or some shit. Black. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you. I don't need to watch it. I'm gonna tell her that. I'm gonna spoil it for her so we can keep moving on. <laughs> but anyway, that is nice, the nice. episode one show. Thank you all for listening. We just covered Scavengers Rain. I'm gonna keep on saying it over and over again until you go and watch it on Max because it's mm-hmm. excellent. We both enjoy yes. it. Elijah, thank you so much for for sharing that with me. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I guess I gotta go watch Finish Fargo because you've been You've been adamant about that one. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, again, you know, it's not. It it's good. It's good. It's it's it's, it's entertaining and violent, and I like that. <laughs> um, so anyway, thank you for listening to the episode one show. Follow us on all of our socials. You'll either find us at the at the episode one show or the at the episode one pod. So if you don't find it on one or the other, you know, just go ahead and type in both. But if you want to find us you can find me at colin says things on x and at colin the producer on instagram and you can find me on instagram at julian elijah martinez and then on x and twitter in which i will post a lot of wrestling memes you can follow me at julian elijah yeah so uh come back next thursday we will be covering what the bear the bear the bear the bear winner of best comedy that's right which has been a contentious conversation <laughs> so maybe we'll get into a fight because you said it's funny oh yeah i like it oh yeah and i saw kira <laughs> um shout out to kira jones i saw her say that um succession is funnier than the bear and the something like succession so, something about the the, I, the the difference between comedy and drama um sorry i didn't quote you all the way but i was following you and i did see that you were you were engaged in that conversation here look scavenger rain has about as much jokes as the bear i'm not i'm not getting into this anyway (laughs) thank you again for listening to the episode one show we really appreciate you give us five stars give us a comment follow us share it with your friends and as elijah says at the end of episode as Elijah says at the end of every episode. Peace, peace.